2: It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should?
0: Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Uh, Today is June 19th. This is episode 409, I believe, and my name is Dan Ellis. I'm a bit rusty at this. Uh, I'm joined (laughs) by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy that would be the guy on the right and mr taylor grin
1: uh that would be the guy in the center left Ooh.
0: <laughs> I, on my screen you guys are both at the top uh, and I, yeah ryan oh yeah ryan's on the right on mine that's fine uh it's been a minute since we actually recorded anything like a while i think yeah more than a month maybe a little bit more than a month I think it's been a month. Yeah, it's been, it's been some time. Uh, so what has been going on with you guys for the last
1: month or so? Uh, let's start with you, Taylor. God, what? I'm trying to think back a month from now. Um, <laughs> I'd say the most like interesting, relevant, salient thing that has happened has been, uh, I went on a vacation to Slovenia, uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh. Um, the like main tourist town Ljubljana, um, which is somewhat famous for a whole bunch of like dragon statues and sculptures and stuff like that. Um, we stayed in like this traditionally Jewish neighborhood, which was a fantastic Airbnb, really cool like art scene and bars and that kind of thing. Really beautiful river walk, amazing fucking food. Um tragically, the castle and the museum in the castle were a little like left left wanting right uh in terms of their content like it's it's slovenia like they don't have a ton of like cool historical artifacts they were kind of a backwater post for the roman empire and you know kind of paved over by various different things in the interim so um but no it was a delightful little trip Um, went to Venice this last weekend, uh, for some shopping, but I mean, life has just been kind of like relax, recuperate, like enjoy time. Uh, when I wasn't at work, which was like the thing that made me need to relax, recuperate, regain time because shit is always going sideways at my work. Um, and that has not changed. So luckily stuff has calmed down and kind of my neck of the woods, which has been nice but yeah. Well, that's kind of no news is good
0: news. (laughs) Well, yeah, that sounds delightful, man. I've taken trips to other countries and stuff being based in Italy and going to Slovenia. That's, that sounds pretty cool, man. I'm, I'm very
1: envious. Thank you. I'm trying to take
2: advantage of living out here. So, oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And what's new with you, Mr. Duffy? I, I just make stuff all the time. Still. Uh, I got Taylor's cane almost done. I just had a Woo. few parts on it that I w- I was I was not liking. Mm, mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, it was a little it. it was a little girthy. Uh, <laughs> so do you mean the, the head, head or the uh, shaft? The shaft. The shaft was okay. a little girthy. Okay, I've got two heads made for you so far. Oh mm-hmm. wow. Okay, because uh, yeah. they're interchangeable. Ooh. Nice. And, uh, I have to say
1: I really enjoy the head on the Mark One. Yeah, um, it just was fragile. Like it just breaks yeah. so easy.
2: So that's yeah. why this has like a laminate of three different species of wood with the nice. grains alternating directions, so that the grain is actually helping mm-hmm. hold in different in different ways. But I, okay. I made you a similar head. as the first one where it's kind of like a long beak where you could grab a hold mm-hmm. and grab something thinner then, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Then I then I made a smaller one, like a, okay. a shorter with kind of, kind of knobbier. So it kind of just like your hand just fits onto it. Well, the knob kind of like your hand is kind of rests against it. And it's <laughs> Got right there. Uh, yeah, I made, I made a knob for you. You guys Talking about head and Thank knobs. You. I'm and excited to, to
1: get a good grip yeah. on that knob. Yes. Yes. Uh, I appreciate been, you. When I, when I was on that vacation in Ljubljana, that, that cane actually came in really helpful. Nice. Um, I hadn't done that much walking in quite some time. And, uh, I
2: think the third day we were there, I really needed the extra leg. So, and I think yeah. this one, this one's gonna be a little heavier. Okay. Uh, because I'm it's it's made out of uh oak. Oh wow. Okay, so more robust though. Yes, Shit. so yeah, it's a solid you. piece of oak that I had trimmed down in the bandsaw, then I had to be able to fit the end, like it just fit in my lathe to be able to turn oh, the oak God. down. But uh I want to get it a little little, it's like it's just over an inch of girth. <laughs> you okay know. so all right yeah. and then mm-hmm. i got Thank a i got right. a i got a metal lathe on the way right now and i've been prepping Holy my shop shit. for a metal lathe wow yeah i got a that's been a long time coming hasn't it it has i've been looking i finally pulled the trigger the other day on it and honestly the puzzle box i got asked to build right now i actually had an old friend reach out and say hey i've been seeing what you've been making really cool i want you to make a puzzle box. Mean this is the only requirement I have. Go wild. Okay. So I've been adding like I I I came up with a pneumatic device today to open a drawer, which I think will be really cool. Not a oh, mnemonic yeah. device, but a pneumatic device. Pneumatic, air operated, to where you'll have a spot where you have to plug the hole to like push a thing in, and it will pop out another side.
1: Mm-hmm. I I hear that that's um.
2: A nice arrangement.
1: Yeah. It was yes. very enjoyable. No, no I was just <laughs> plugging a hole to. Of...
2: <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh-huh. No.
1: Yeah. I saw <laughs> that you were, you're
0: making all kinds of other shit too. Uh, yeah. Now, like I made a
2: shit ton of rings. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, you, you've been making rings. Yeah. Like doing it's, metal work. Yeah. I decided to try some of that. It was something I did in high school and I really wanted to try it again. And, and I figured it out.
1: God, so I am so envious of that. Are
0: you are you selling a lot of stuff in the places? No, nobody's bought shit yet.
2: <laughs> are you are you advertising anywhere? Are you uh well I got my own website. Yeah. And I've been advertising mm-hmm. on Etsy, but Etsy's a fucking cesspool. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, Etsy's a cesspool. I just thought I would try it. Then I got the more research I did into it, unless you're advertising like a thousand things that you didn't make that you bought from China for dirt cheap and are selling to make a penny on, uh, you don't really get, you don't get traction.
0: Uh, well, that's, that's bad.
2: So that's unfortunate. You will have to do the farmer's market thing here. Eventually. Uh, yeah. I did send some, uh, some feelers out to a local place called the Monarch, which is an arts place here in Ogden that does every first Saturday of the month. They do an art stroll thing. Mm. And they okay. liked what I had, so hopefully I can get in there and put up a booth.
0: Well, that sounds cool. You'll have to let mm-hmm. me know, and, and we'll we'll post about it and stuff
2: yeah. in the various places. Well, if, if people like what I make, go to WhiskeyTabWoodworks.com. <laughs> Again, that was
0: com Dot com.
1: And they say that three times is uh, what really helps it sink in. So that's WhiskeyTabWoodworks.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Yeah, we haven't
0: chatted for a long time. Um, yeah. There's been – and the reason for that is because I've – well, we all, all, three of us, are super busy. Um, but I have just been absolutely fucking swamped with work lately. Today, uh, we're off for the holiday. So I had some time available. Yeah, I still need to do some work on the holiday to get some stuff done that has to be done for the coming week. Of course. Um, Jeez. And we've had the baby over here today, my granddaughter. Oh, nice. Lily, who's just amazing. I just love spending time with her. Just watching her learn how to do shit and figure stuff out is just, it's the coolest thing, man. Um, is she walking yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's okay. officially a toddler, toddling all over the place and babbling. <laughs> She's a babbling toddler. (laughs) A lot of, ah," she squeaks, she squeaks and grunts and, I don't know, makes little noises all the time. She's not, she'll say words every now and then, but it's like, she doesn't seem to feel that's a priority. (laughs) Instead of like, she knows words, she'll respond and she can say a bunch of different words, but I don't know, for whatever reason, she just likes grunting and squeaking lately. And that's fine. Uh, it's fun trying to decipher what she's saying or what she wants. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's and she's great at mimicking things lately. Like, that's her favorite thing in the world to do right now. Like, if I start waving my arms in the air, acting like a monkey, she'll do the same thing. If I jump up and down or stomp my feet or anything, like, she's just mimicking everything we're doing, and that's a lot of fun.
2: So it's going to be one of those kids where the first time you go, fuck, she's going to have her first word.
0: Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and she hears that a lot. I mean, grandma and me and mom and dad and everybody around her, you know, we all talk like drunken sailors. So <laughs> that's, yeah. I'm I'm sure we'll have to teach her that those words are okay for use at home, but not necessarily in public. Yeah, they won't do mm. that. <laughs> yeah. One of those things. Uh, work is super busy. And in addition to work being super busy, um, I... It's official now. I announced it on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, that I am officially taking over Atheists of Utah again. Um, we There's there's a lot going on there. Um, some stuff that I can't really talk about yet. Um, maybe sometime in the very near future. But there's just a lot to try to get going again there. Um that's all i'm gonna say about that for
2: now i'll talk to yeah. you guys more about it off air like <laughs> i was like you're trying to raise the titanic right now
0: basically oh. yeah it's 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 a lot uh, and there's still a lot that we need to do a lot of a lot i still need to check on it's gonna be rough but we'll get there eventually it will just take a while especially with how busy we are with everything else um well, that's about it for me. We, Ryan wrote a script to talk about some stuff tonight. Uh, and then we'll also, you know, with other time available at, toward the end of the show, we'll, we'll, we'll do the thing that Ryan wrote to go over tonight. And then we'll talk about some other stuff as time allows. But what is the primary thrust of
2: today's episode? Um, well, it's kind of going over, uh, Drag queens in America and kind of what the origin of it is, kind of the history of drag. Well, I guess I I went at this with wanting to do a history of drag, mm-hmm. but I found this incredible person and I thought I want to highlight this person for this episode. So, I okay, get into
1: that. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to you, uh, the line from The Simpsons: "Won't somebody think of the children."
0: uh here won't someone think of the children yeah that's always a good one all right well we'll we'll talk about that when we get back from this little break
1: yeah this is phil ferguson of the cleverly titled the phil ferguson show and thank god you're listening to the godless revolution
2: now i need to leave you where you'll be safe under the watchful eyes of god and I'll be watching you too in case God's busy making tornadoes are not existing.
0: Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Oh welcome back, everybody. We are going to talk about things now. Well, Ryan's gonna to talk to us about some things yeah. and then we'll interject when we when we want to,
2: I guess. Yeah. And you fr- feel free to interject.
0: To derail you. So this was all about – so originally the plan was that you were going to just kind of look into the history of drag in Utah, right? And, or well, not you, in Utah. Or, or in America yeah. in general. Yeah. We, sorry, we were just talking about during, during the laws, off-air stuff. Laws. Oh, shit, I didn't tell you guys more about the <laughs> atheists of Utah stuff because I was busy doing yeah. other things. Anyway, uh, remind me when during the next break to talk to you more about that. Okay. But – uh, we were just talking about stupid liquor laws in Utah, which is what made Utah be on my mind. But no, you were looking into the history of drag in the United States, and yeah. you said you ran across an interesting character from all of that. Yeah, and wanted to explore and, that person more.
2: And I, I'll I'll give a little history here. You know, leading up to him, but uh, it, it's generally accepted that the origin of drag comes from Roman and Greek theater, hmm. uh, because. Yeah. Women were not allowed to perform on stage, so all the roles had to be played by men. like Monty hmm. Python, uh, but just like Monty Python, <laughs> well, near the end of its run, they had women acting on stage.
0: Ah, well, and how dumb is that? that like, the this this just kind of speaks about toxic max- masculinity and patriarchy, right? Like from from the early beginnings, it was patriarchy and. That that led, led us to have it be the fact that women couldn't perform on stage, so men yeah. had to then dress in drag in order to do this. And now, you know, l- a long time later, fast forward a long time later, and now everybody's pissed off about the things that men were doing back then that have led us to this point, where now we don't want men dressing that way, because yeah,
2: that's, right. that's bad and wrong, okay? Now, you guys know that I always like trying to figure out, like, like you got a word. Where did that come from? <laughs> kind of like the word drag. Yes. All right. So, in 19th century British theater, if you wore women's clothing, the dress you would wear would usually drag on the stage. Ah. So, the term drag was a slang word for wearing women's clothing. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about some of the shittiness going on in America. Okay, between eighteen forty eight and nineteen hundred, thirty four cities passed prohibitions against cross dressing, followed by eleven more in the years leading up to World War One.
0: Now, do you know? Do you happen to know, just off the top of your head, if that is if that goes both ways? Like women weren't supposed to dress like men would are supposed to dress and vice versa? Or is this only that men could not dress in women's clothing?
2: I think it it primarily related to men, but I know there was also stuff against women wearing jeans, wearing Mm -hmm. men's pants. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way the laws were written then, the way they kind of sounded like, if you are trying, if you are wearing anything other than what your identity is, what you are, it was... As if you are disguising your true self, it was illegal. Uh, hmm. So if you were designing your your identity, it was a uh, illegal. Mm. But uh, this might surprise you. Uh, San Francisco's law remained in effect until July of 1974. Oh wow! No. And arrests were made as recent as May of 1974 when 10 Jeez. men were arrested in the Tenderloin for wearing women's clothing. Yeah. And what was the Tenderloin? Uh, t- the Tenderloin district in San Francisco. It's oh, like, okay. uh, you know, how you have different, like, inside of towns, you got different, like, districts, different areas. Uh, mm-hmm. the tenderloin is a very famous one inside of San Francisco.
0: Oh, okay.
2: I'm learning uh, all kinds some- of shit. Yeah. <laughs> But some places had laws against specifically men wearing makeup or hiding their gender. Along with these laws, sodomy was illegal. So basically nah, man, in the US the they were stuff is sodomy stuff. Yeah. We had we had an uh, essentially banning trans and homosexuality here in the US. Uh, but well, when it comes to keeping the children safe. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? But when it comes to America, A lot of people cite Julian Eltonage as the first drag queen. Uh, Julian was a vaudeville performer that played a woman on stage. But what made him different was that he actually portrayed a woman and not a comedic version of what a woman was at that time. And also around this time, women would play men on stage, but in a very comedic version of a man. Hmm. Is uh. Sexual preference was also questioned and he never did say if he was gay or straight. Okay. Julian was extremely famous for his time. So I can see why he got so much credit when he was a uh, white and about 20 years late. <laughs> hmm. So we are going to spend a good chunk of the show now talking about William Dorsey Swan. Uh, William Dorsey Swan was a remarkable figure in the LGBTQ plus history. Uh, led a life defined by resilience, activism, and the pursuit of freedom, because he was born into slavery in Maryland in 1858.
0: So, Mr. Dorsey uh, Swan was a black man. A
1: black man.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: I don't know. Conservatives might be certain uh, to be Irish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you be black Irish. But Swan, he he experienced the brutality and dehumanization that characterized that era. Uh, Despite these challenging circumstances, he never allowed himself to be defined solely by his enslavement. And uh, he was born pretty close to when the Civil War started. So after the Civil War, Swan seized the opportunity granted by emancipation and made his way to Washington, D.C., Uh, where he sought to build a life of dignity and purpose. He found work as a butler and lived within the vibrant African-American communities that thrived in the capital city. Uh, Swan's journey towards embracing his authentic self unfolded at that time when society was fiercely intolerant of homosexuality. As opposed to now where it's just welcomed with open arms. It's still well, not, it's still not, but <laughs> I mean, then you could be imprisoned for it, you yeah. could be literally locked up and tortured for being homosexual, and you
1: still can. Well, another of the sort of like intersectionality of being black and gay as well, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, which in the trans community, uh, it kind of seems like it's a big thing, like, there's a lot more. Black trans members, and there are probably Caucasian trans members. From just looking at a lot of the trans community and the stuff I was looking at, really, I don't know if that That I did not know. Just looking at the demographics, it seemed to be swaying more that way. I don't know if that's has any significance or not, but yeah. (laughs) But uh, he fearlessly expressed his homosexual or same sex same sex attractions, uh, establishing a network of queer individuals who gathered clandestinely at what would be known as drag balls. So we kind of talked about, yeah, Dan.
1: That's what I, happens when I, the truck I nuts on the balls, back of your truck. It, like if it's, you get old enough, that just yeah, tends to happen, you know? Yeah, it, it, that, Especially in warmer weather.
0: Yeah, it's when you get old enough that that happens, or when your truck is so overloaded that your truck nuts just end up, <laughs> you know, dragging behind you. You know,
1: I don't, I don't get it. Like, conservatives are all about, uh, people having, like, a genital modification surgery on their trucks. Why aren't they...
2: <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> They're like big balls. Uh-huh. But uh, these drag balls serve as a sanctuary where LGBTQ plus people, uh, particularly those from marginalized backgrounds, could embrace their identity and find acceptance. Uh, Swan, as the charismatic host and leader of these events played a pivotal role in creating a sense of community and safety. Now, going off script a little bit, these balls still happen today, and Harlem was a big place for these balls coming up way after Swan had passed away. Uh, that's where you got, like, voguing and all the different dances coming out, and it was like we had talked off script or, or off air a little bit about the fact that they're... They have their own houses, which act as gangs, but their their gang mentality is let's dance this out and have a fun time versus let's shoot it out in the streets and see who can deal with dr- the more drugs. Uh, they they compete with dance. And they have fun with it. So it's a- Is this the origin of, environment. of dance battles? Pretty much. Actually, <laughs> now that you say that, and yeah. Oh yeah? Yeah, this is probably actually the origin of dance battles, them having different groups, different, you know, you know, dance groups coming together to like have a dance off and show off their moves, show off what they're wearing and their look and compete with each other. And but at the end of it, you're not like fighting each other, you're just having a good time and accepting that you're all from the same kind of group. I'm and just a little uh, bit
1: skeptical about that being the beginning of dance-offs, but yeah.
2: <laughs> and well, so Swan participated in a dance called the cakewalk, which also comes from the idiom of "it's easy as a cakewalk." <laughs> uh, uh, comes from or originated? Originates. So the the oh, it's as easy as a cakewalk. Originates from this dance routine they would do. But it's a dance that was primarily performed by enslaved people in America, mimicking the mannerisms of their plantation owners. Uh, the cakewalk's improvisational movements and subtle expressions of communication is what kind of resembles voguing, uh, the style that was primarily uh, popularized in Harlem ball scene.
1: <laughs> and For our uh, Australian listeners, he is saying voguing, not bogan.
2: No, not, not the Bogans. They have some horrible <laughs> fucking poetry. Don't listen to it. It's extremely boring. And yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Don't do it. But it's also worth noting that these uh, drag balls were more than just glamorous spectacles. They were political acts, challenging societal norms and providing a space for self-expression and solidarity. Swan openly identified as queer and referred to his companions as fairy sisters or queen brothers, utilizing the language of of the time to construct an empowered identity. (laughs) However, authorities were not blind to these subversive gatherings. The police periodically uh, raided the drag balls, arresting attendees and subjecting them to public humiliation and punishment. Swan, too, faced his fair share of arrests and harassment and during the hostile uh, legal system that sought to suppress his community, including the first documented case of an arrest of a female impersonation uh, in the United States, April 12th, 1888. The event was Swan's 30th birthday celebration. And according to the Washington Post, he was arrayed in a gorgeous dress of cream-colored satin. <laughs> nice. Yeah. After the birthday uh, was raided by police, Swan bursted with rage as he stood uh, up to one of the arresting officers and declared, you is no gentleman. Swan's choice to resist that night rather than submit passively to the arrest makes him one of the earliest known instances of violent resistance in the name of gay rights. 12 other African-American men were arrested at the raid and as many as seven, uh, 17 other ex- others escaped that night. Uh, the Iran- the arrest, I am losing my words now. Uh, <laughs> You've hit your reading limit. <laughs> I know. Do I smell toast? Uh, maybe. Am I stroking? Burn, burn, burn marshmallows. <laughs> no, not if balls are dragging. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) But the arrest made at Swan's party that night were published in a local newspaper. So town folks risked their reputation by attending. However, acts of public shaming like this one are the only reason we know of Swan. Um, The identities and the stories of the men who escaped capture have been lost to history. Uh, It's also... In, in this article, when he was arrested, he referred to him as self, as a drag queen.
0: Well, you know, so, Ryan, oh, okay. well-behaved drag queens rarely make history.
2: That is actually <laughs> probably true. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the fact that, so in 1888 is the first time the word drag queen was put into print. By himself referring to him as the drag as the queen of drag, so that's where that mm. like that's where drag queen even began queen was with this. With, with, he yeah. was the first person to refer to himself as the queen of drag or a drag queen. That's awesome.
1: I'm really glad I waited to ask exactly that question.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, that's where so people referred to uh, the vaudevillian actor as a drag queen, mm-hmm. but the right. term had been already penned twenty years earlier in 1888. Well, it hadn't been penned, but it had been coined. Well, they had, well, it was also written in the paper that he referred to himself. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm being an asshole. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, when Swain stopped organizing and participating in drag events, his brother, uh, Daniel J. Swan, continued to make costumes for and take part in drag community for almost 50 years. And two of his brothers uh, had been active participants in his drag balls. Uh, Despite the oppression, Swan uh, persevered. He fought for the right of the LGBTQ plus individuals, became one of the earliest known advocates for queer liberation. Swan's uh, resilience and determination laid the groundwork for future activists as he boldly challenged the norms and laws that sought to suppress his community. Uh, Tragically, Much of Swain's life remains shrouded in mystery due to the limited historical records and the destructive impact of societal prejudice. However, his uh, legacy lives on through the stories and accounts that has survived. His unapologetic unapologetic embrace embrace of his identity, his courage to force the uh, persecution, and his efforts to build a community of love and support continue to inspire generations of LGBTQ individuals. Uh, And I was actually amazed when I was looking up his story at like drag queens that were reciting his story. I'm like, I never heard of this person before. But so many of them were crediting him for their lives now. I'm like, I never heard of this person. Hmm. But he was cited quite often. Yeah, I've never heard of Uh, William Dorsey Swan either. Neither did I until I started looking up drag queens talking about the history of drag and his name came up frequently. Uh, William Dorsey Swann's, Swann's life service as a testament to the power of individual acts of, resi- of resistance, uh, the importance of community, the long and ongoing struggle for the LGBTQ rights. Uh, his story reminds us that true progress is driven by those who refuse to be silent and that every step towards equality and acceptance is built upon the foundations laid by pioneers like Swan. Mm -hmm. And Swan died December 23rd, 1925, at the age of 65 in Hancock, Maryland. He was cremated. And after his death, death, uh, locals' officials burned his house to the ground.
0: That makes me angry. Yeah.
2: Well, Well, in a shit like that,
0: that so much history is lost because of bigotry and prejudice, right? Right to the victor goes go the spoils and the writing yeah. of history, and it's just so mm. fucking sad that people who are repressed are also written out of history so often. So I'm really glad yeah. that you were able to unearth Find some more information story. about about this person and, yeah. and their contribution to LGBTQ plus rights, to trans yeah. rights, to drag, like the whole the whole thing. And that's that's awesome.
1: I mean, by way of parallel, like it's really it's it's saddening and interesting to think about the fact that um, the Weimar Republic, which is the government that just preceded the Nazi Germany government, right, um, was actually one of the most tolerant, if not the most tolerant, governments in the Western world. Yep, and uh, to include things like trans rights and the first books that the Nazis burned were books on homosexuality and transgenderism.
2: Well, they had uh at the time the leading doctors in performing uh trans surgeries. Yeah. But all that information in those doctors was wiped out. Yep.
0: And now oh, we see doctors. the modern Republican Party and doing yeah. the same the fucking thing. trying
1: to do the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Banning yeah. books, burning books. Yeah, it's huh. not a good thing that we're seeing.
2: And that's, I think, you know, with the ongoing political shit going on, that's why I, I think I feel the need to want to do more research into these types of individuals and these groups and these stories. Uh, so I hope to bring some more to you guys here soon that rely on the uh, similar, if not same, subject matter.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome.
2: Excellent. Yeah.
0: I appreciate you doing that.
2: Well, cool, man. And, and I I saw the note you put there, Dan. What? Oh, uh, how much time do we got left to talk about this? <laughs>
0: well, how about we take a break now and then we'll talk about the note on the other side. Okay. Okay.
1: Hi, this is Regina Tippett. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or RCTCounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Bart, we're here to bring you
2: back to the one true faith, the Western branch of American reform Presby-Lutheranism.
0: If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Hey y'all, this is Dan, dropping in with a trigger warning real quick before the next segment begins to let you all know that the next segment, basically just from now through pretty much the end of the show, is talking about the uh, recent show called Shiny Happy People that was on, I believe, was on Amazon. It's talking about the Duggar family and the uh, show that they had on TLC for several years. I can't remember what it was called. You know, however many kids you can have without your uterus falling out, whatever that show was, and just a lot of the fucked up things that happened within the Duggar family and from Josh Duggar in particular... And his sexual molestation of his sisters and the kind of porn that he was into and the background of their little Christian cult that they were all in that basically ends up grooming children to be assaulted. And I understand if you may not want to hear that. If so, then you can just peace out now and enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, for those of
2: you that want to stick around, here we go. Uh, Sarah and I watched all four episodes of shiny happy people last night and oh my you watched you watched all four back to back back to back well i got i was so like i got home from work yesterday and the night before we were doing night drills and i got tasked with being the instructor so Mm -hmm. i was and we didn't get done till midnight and i was wiped the fuck out Mm -hmm. but then also you know running in and out of fire all night long and then getting back and everything reserved. It's like, I couldn't turn my brain off to go to bed. So I didn't get to bed till like probably two in the morning mm. and then got up oh, at geez. six and, and came home. Mm. And then I, I did some shit in the garage and it's probably like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, Sarah, I'm going to go uh, take a shower, <laughs> put on my pajamas, <laughs> pour myself a glass of whiskey and sit on the couch. And we ended up picking that show to watch and we just, fucking watched all four of them like holy fuck this is crazy powered all four
0: it's nuts man like i've never heard of the iblp ati
2: gothard none of that shit like i knew did you did you go through all four Uh uh-huh the end where they're talking like madison cawthorn and all the 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 political yeah
0: yeah. dude like the christian nationalism stuff that they expose and talk about at the end of it like Holy shit! Yeah. Like it's it's this whole grand plan about infiltrating the highest levels of government and government agencies and building a kingdom it, for Christ. And it's a long burn.
2: It's not trying to do it today. It's like we're doing this generations the groundwork. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. They've they've planned generations out about how this is going. to It sounds to go.
2: a
1: lot like uh, the research by Catherine Stewart, um, and. Uh, to a lesser degree, Andrew Seidel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wild that hit mainstream.
0: I think that Catherine Stewart is mentioned in it. Um,
1: oh, good. By- she deserves to be. She's she is an interesting person in person.
2: Oh yeah. But even like with Andrew stuff, like he he has he covers like the overarching like Christian nationalism, oh. where this kind of pinpointed this guy right here mm-hmm. doing all of this is responsible for all of this,
0: mm-hmm. which right.
2: is like putting a a a name to the face yeah they've
0: they've got like for taylor's benefit because you haven't seen it they have like basically military training compounds that they're Mm -hmm. putting kids through at
1: young ages like teaching them wait up in in montana or idaho
2: uh they've got a few different places they have they have they have camps all over the u.s Mm -hmm. Okay. They all have different like names. that come like like active or whatever. Everything is an acronym for okay. something, so they sound innocuous, but the, what they actually are is something completely different. Yeah, because specifically, um, do you remember when
1: we covered that? Uh, oh god, the Christian nationalist guy out of Washington who was actually like kicked out of office even by um, like Republicans. Um, oh fuck, Mike, whatever. He was like kind of a terrorist. Anyway, he's running like a military-style training camp for kids in Washington and Idaho.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but this, like them talking about basically starting to abuse your kids at six months old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: The whole spare the rod thing. But like they take it really fucking seriously. So they had uh,
2: what was blanket training. Uh Mm -hmm. Where you put the kid in the blanket, take something they desire and put it off the blanket. Yep. And if they try to go grab it, you fucking hit him.
1: All right, that makes a lot of sense. Tom and Cecil on Cogdis were talking about that same phenomenon last week. They must have seen this show.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They were talking about it. Came about out
2: like it. two weeks
1: ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I listened mm-hmm. to that episode of Cogdis, and they were talking about this. And it it is. It's they there. There's one particular uh, segment in the show where this woman is on stage talking to other members of the IBLP, and yeah. she's talking about. Well, you know, I just have this. One of my children was just so, so hard to discipline, and always needed. What do they call it? encouragement? I thought encouragement. And yeah, yeah. Their their Ugh. their beating of children. They they refer to as encouragement. And yeah, Ugh. she's like, and you know, it was just I had to just I would I would have to encourage him. All day long until he just, he couldn't, like, he couldn't do anything anymore. It was just, he was so stubborn. And I would just keep offering that encouragement to him. And that's their, their polite euphemism for beating the shit out of fucking yeah. babies.
2: Like yeah, their I, whole. thing when she, it, when it, she was, it, was talking about that, she's like, my nine month old was so stubborn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like they're nine months old. Oh, I think, I think, Jesus I think she Christ. was, I think it was an 18 month old. 18. Yeah. 18 month old yeah. kid. But like. That's they that's the age of my granddaughter. Like Tracy and yeah. I are watching it just in horror of these yeah. people talking about like they would beat their child until the child stopped crying. Like yeah. you mm-hmm. the beatings will continue until you stop crying. Is their whole right. thing like it's it's breaking the child's will and spirit to have them become these you know perfect little automatons that then like you're 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 taught to never question anything that your elders or parents say or do or tell you to do because if you do then there will be severe physical punishment yeah that is is laid out
2: Going into it, I thought the whole thing was just about the Duggars and the 19 Kids and Counting, but it was so much more than that.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and it's, you know, like Josh Duggar is mentioned in it a lot, and I think that was yeah. the primary focus of it
2: initially, but it seemed... Because they were the public face of the group. They were yeah. like the poster childs for their movement. Yeah, and it, seemed, to pull, it
0: it seemed it. like they they wanted to take the show they couldn't they couldn't figure out in what direction they wanted to take it like they talked a lot about the IBLP they talked a lot about like TLC and how they abused yeah. – you know ultimately ended up contributing to the abuse of the children from the Duggar family they talked about Josh Duggar a little bit they talked about uh, the Duggar father I can't remember what his first name is but talking about how he you know worked in government he he won a uh, Yep. political seat and you know, the, worked in uh, government for a little fucking, while and then tried running was, again was, even after josh was found with child pornography yeah. and was arrested
2: that they and then josh was a was a uh, uh he was a member of uh, fucking that ultra right uh lobbying group the um freedom family
0: caucus or the, was it no family World research of families
2: No, there's there's one that's still very relevant that, you know, the Huckabees are all a part of and everything where it was... uh,
0: I think probably the Family Research Council. Was was that what it
2: was? Because it had him when he he left, when he got married and left the family. He was working for them at a young age.
0: Oh, the Heritage Foundation, maybe?
2: Yes, Heritage Foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all of these... I mean, that's just buying justices right
1: there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's run-of-the-mill conservative extremism.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, they, they it seemed like they, they couldn't quite decide what direction they wanted to take the show, and so they—they they did a bunch of different things. Like it could have been expanded into a, a multi-part, multi-season series about all oh, yeah. of these different cogs that are moving in this Christian nationalist movement. It's—I it, wish it was
2: really disturbing. I wish they would have done more on the Christian nationalism side, but I think they still wanted to make it palatable. To maybe other Christians who are like, we're not as bad as that. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I mean, we may be a little crazy, but we're
0: not, you know, pants on fire shitting ourselves and yeah. running naked in the woods and
2: kind of crazy. I think that comes from, you know, knowing the limits of the audience that's available.
0: Right. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Tracy looked up, like, I knew some of the history of Josh Duggar. Like, I knew that he was a total yeah. piece of shit who had molested his sisters, who was caught with child pornography and then yeah. tried to deny it, that his parents were- That was all very public. Oh, yeah. Well, and that his parents were fucking lying shitbags who said yeah. that they sent him away for treatment when really they just sent him to some IBLP center where yeah. he just, it was like a camp for a little while. There yeah. was no professional treatment.
2: There's no punishment. Yeah, no yeah. no professional
0: right. treatment for anything that he-, had, that he had done or experienced no no actual therapy or guidance at all. There was no, yeah, nothing, nothing that would, you know, really work to deter him from doing the same thing over and over, other than installing software on his computer that, like, net nanny shit that, I can't even remember. It's mm-hmm. like Uh-oh. Buddy
2: Christ kind of stuff. It was that, the one that would report if he watched porn to yeah, someone else. Yeah. It, but he basically put up a partition on the computer so that it couldn't see.
0: Yeah. So he partitioned his hard drive so that it would dual boot into Windows or uh, Unix. And then he was doing all of his porn searches on the other on the other partition of his computer at work. Mm -hmm. And the FBI actually caught him. He went to the. So Tracy ended up reading a bunch of stuff that I didn't know about previously. And honestly, like. I almost wish I hadn't. I didn't know now because it's so fucking dark. <laughs> it's fucking like, disturbing. The the porn that Josh Duggar was caught oh, with yeah. was was rape and torture of infants produced yeah, by there. There's like one infamous porn producer. I don't even. I can't remember where he's located, um, but apparently Russia? it's like it's like torture porn of yeah. infants. Not pre-pubescent kid like infants like one two three year old kids yeah raping and, and I, torturing them like snuff yeah. video shit and Bad, this is man. what josh yeah. duggar was into
2: and that's yeah. what i thought originally i thought like oh he was had child porn then when they even mentioned that a little porn. bit of like holy shit like this wasn't just child porn this is snuff films yeah mm-hmm. he's in the snuff porn like that's a whole different yeah. level of deranged and not good. Like, oh yeah, that's Ooh, paddling shit. right there.
0: Well, yeah. and, <laughs> well, it was so frustrating. I think maybe we should just make this the the third segment of the show because, <laughs> yeah, rather than repeating all of this stuff again. But I mean, it was just it was so fucking disturbing, and it was really angering to see. How fucking blind and clueless a lot of these people, with all of this history, still fucking are. The the oh, yeah. the other couple that were friends of the Duggars. Yeah, I you I know talking about fucking, oh. <laughs> telling telling their story and their side of things, well, which you know wasn't just, good. Oh, we're just we're just so surprised that you know Jim and I can't remember his wife's. That's it. Jim Duggar was the father's name. Jim and is it Jill? Kathy?
1: I don't remember her name. So real quick, real quick, because yeah. I um I don't really watch TV. Where would I find this? Uh
0: it was uh, on Amazon, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. Or okay. was it Hulu? Yeah, Amazon. It was
0: was it Hulu or Amazon? I think it was no, it was it was Amazon because okay. Am, the Amazon app is kind of shitty with our Google devices. Uh, yeah. Um but yeah, it's the 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 older couple that were friends with
2: the Duggar parents who knew it was going on yeah. and all you had to do, like we feel so bad about it. Like all you had to do was file in an anonymous report to the police saying this is what's right. going on over there. And hopefully it would have been investigated. Mm-hmm. But like when they talk about when they first caught uh, Josh Duggar, uh, molesting his sisters, mm-hmm. that the guy didn't even realize that the cop he took him to, was a friend of the Duggars.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Which is why
2: he didn't press charges to begin with or even file a report
0: on it. Yeah. No, no official report filed for it. No consequences whatsoever because this guy was also part of the same fucking cult. Yeah. Mm. Like it's so fucking maddening. And then to see people like and it's hard it's hard to be super upset with some of the people in it who are still just so fucking clueless about stuff because They just don't know any better. Like they have – they've lived in such a secluded, blinded life that they don't know about the wider world around them and how fucking harmful and deviant – just how devious and awful and evil a lot of the things that they were taught are and how pernicious it is that you teach girls that – any man who approaches them, if they're a leader of your church or your religion or whatever, you do what you're told. You do what they tell you yeah. to do, and if it makes you uncomfortable, that's the spirit telling you that you 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 should just submit and obey whatever this person is telling you. Yeah. Like if they're touching or you inappropriately, that's something you need to work through. That's something yeah. you need to work through yourself. And because you know I'll,
2: they were taught uh, that in their homeschooling. Yeah. There was there was a really truly fantastic pair
1: of episodes on serious inquiries only um recently where uh Thomas brought on a psychologist who discussed basically like how to teach your kids and yourself um to like protect them against potential child abuse. Oh, I listened to those. Into yeah. like psychology of abusers and like how and why they do what they do and how to like properly endow your kid with the right language um, to understand like kind of normal healthy behavior from unhealthy behavior and the the patterns that abusers engage in in order to like isolate and cajole people children into acts like it, it was a whole thing about actual really about how right
0: grooming now. actually works for child yeah foster. what yeah. it
1: actually looks like yeah. and um, yeah it hit really hard um, yeah definitely worth a listen if you've got kids
0: oh yeah for sure because it offered you practical tips on hey these are these are the things this is how you should talk to your children about their bodies their autonomy their rights mm-hmm. as little people operating out in the world and to help keep them safe rather than uh, offering shame and and to use, like, real words for things. Call it a penis. Call it a vagina. Don't don't say pee-pee and hoo-ha or whatever. Like, use, <laughs> use the proper adult terms for things and give them a language so that they understand what is going on and what is appropriate and what is not. And yeah. so many people, because they feel ooged out by sex and talking about that with children end up setting up their children to fail and become victims for people who would groom them. Yeah.
2: Well, even like there's, there's that part where that one girl is talking about how she was at, uh, Gothard's uh, not even seminar. She was working for him as like an intern. And when she remembered one of the people saying, keep her. Yeah. Keep an eye, eye on how her. She was yeah, like she was being uh-huh. groomed because he was spotting uh-huh. the women that were susceptible to his stuff and how like he would have her have them sit down one on one to pray and he would be stroking their hands or stroking their legs uh-huh. as they would pray and stuff mm-hmm. he's just looking for the ones that aren't fighting back.
0: Dude, and how fucking uncomfortable and cringeworthy was it when mm-hmm. that old dude had this little boy up on stage with him? And he's oh like,
2: Oh my, I'm yeah. going
0: to teach you all how you should spank your child. Like, there's a
2: the yeah. grin on his face as he's holding the kid's rear end, like bending
0: it, him like, over his lap uh, and, and patting him on the butt. And oh, it was just. Holy shit. How the fuck is nobody in the audience Mm -hmm. standing up and going, what the fuck are you doing? What are you
2: doing? You're basically (laughs) molesting this child in front of an audience. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's fucking nuts though, man. Like how that all played out and, and they just like, and it's so recent too. Like very, very recently within the last few years, other members of the Duggar family are Running for politics, running running yep. for political positions in Arkansas. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, fuck Mike Huckabee. Fuck him. Oh, yeah. What a fucking bastard. Mike and Sarah Huckabee Sanders in fucking particular – All of their fucking bullshit that leads to actual child grooming, actual pedophilia, actual abuse of children, and they are totally blind to it and endorsing it happening from the pulpit because that's what they believe. That's how they believe children should be raised. Should be abused at every turn until they're just made to submit to anything you want them to do.
2: Holy fucking shit! I I wonder, like you, you say they're blind to it, but are they blind or is this, you know? They bl- them what they want. Well, they're, they're
0: blind to the root causes of it. And then because their religious beliefs and teachings have told them that it's outside their religion. It, all, of, all of the deviance, all of the deviancy, all of the evil comes from outside their religion. It could never start within it, of course. Mm-hmm. It all comes from outside. So we're going to attack people who... Are doing nothing wrong. They're they're completely harmless. In fact, they're not only just not harmless, or they're not only just harmless, they're actually doing good in their communities and are teaching children their you know drag story hour where they're reading stories to children, having a yeah. good time. That is demonized, but having a grown-ass old man spanking a child on stage is celebrated as the thing that yeah. everybody should fucking do how fucking gross and twisted is that shit I couldn't believe it like I was I was honestly looking in my seat like looking back and forth and looking at Tracy like, how in the fuck is nobody in the audience standing up and going, what the fuck are you doing man? I just and it's it's that whole a uh, next level of indoctrination that where you are raised your entire life and cloistered in this secluded little community, you don't go to public school, you don't go to public church, you are, property of this cult Mm -hmm. and that's all you know you don't know anything about the wider world it was interesting watching a lot of the other people who were former cult members or or children who were raised in this cult who have since gotten out and just hearing some of their stories and some of the things that they've had to learn afterward and how like everything yeah like how to be a normal functioning human being in the wider world outside the cult is uh, you know, we see it here in Utah all the time with people who leave the LDS faith or or splinter sects from the LDS faith that are super secluded and and secretive and mm-hmm. cultish. Like, it's just, well, it, it was another thing to drive home the fact that there's no
2: such thing as a good religion. None. No. Anywhere. It's all fucking poison. Well, and that was like like what you just said there about secretive. Mm-hmm. Like, this wasn't like a Jim Jones cult. They are doing this stuff in public, yeah. Like it's not a secretive religion. Like it is a very open religion, and this is still going on. Like, like I right. can understand the whole like a, a secret cult doing this shit, but they're not secret. <laughs> <laughs> they're very public. Yeah, <laughs> they had yeah. a fucking. They had like five TV shows with family members from this shit being very fucking public, putting on a face for everyone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. one of the one of the focuses of the show was talking to I think I think it was Jill Duggar, one of the older Yeah. uh
2: the second oldest in the family I think it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one of the older women in the family and yeah. the abuse that she and some of her sisters suffered at the hands of Josh Duggar and like she broke down and didn't even really want to talk about it during the show. Mm-hmm. Like that she didn't go into any specifics at all. They did talk about how um their parents coached them to do this episode of 19 kids and counting for TLC where they We're where they tried to the downplay. Family. Yeah, they tried to downplay right uh, the molestation that took place and say Mm -hmm. that, oh, well, we didn't even know about it, which is a fucking lie. Like they made them lie on national television and say that they didn't even know about it, that it had happened while they were asleep and that it was over the clothes. You know, we didn't Uh, even know that it had happened. It was, it was Josh who decided to get right with the Lord and come forward and tell our parents about it. That, you know, had he not done that, we wouldn't even know. So this isn't a big deal, really. Like, they Which was tried to completely downplay and minimize it, and the girls went along with that because they yeah. were raised to do that their entire lives. Like, if your parents tell right. you to do something, you do it. It doesn't matter if it's the truth or not. This is what you need to do. Just so fucking disturbing.
2: Yeah, it's... Uh, I recommend if you want to go watch it. It's eye-opening. Yeah. Uh, but have a bottle of whiskey on standby.
0: Yeah, be ready to rage quit it at any moment and yeah. and take takes take a mental health break if you need to because yeah.
2: there's a lot of fucking disturbing shit in that man. If, if if you have experienced abuse in life, I recommend not watching it. Um yeah, it unless might, like it I'm, might trigger. Yeah, unless you're unless in a you're good
0: a, place where you've yeah. you've learned to deal with it with those kinds of indoctrinating teachings and just fucking sick and twisted way of treating the yeah. other human beings. Yeah you, yeah. you might want to skip this, but it was just, it was so fucking disturbing. And I, like I say, I can't believe it was only four episodes long. Yeah. It could go on for several seasons talking about all of the fuckery that happened there and how many mm-hmm. damaged people, not only, and not only how many damaged people there are because of this, but how many people are now in positions of power who follow these same teachings and have yeah. covered up for this the whole time. Our active participants right. in it Mike Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the fucking governor of Arkansas, who is now doing book bannings and, and, Canceling drag shows and dehumanizing people who are doing no wrong, but still fostering all of this homeschooling bullshit and wanting to put children to work. That was another part of the show that oh, yeah. they talked about how this yeah. cult uses child labor. And I'm like, oh, well, that's where Sarah Huckabee Sanders is getting yeah. this bullshit about wanting to put children back into the workforce. It's from her fucking mm-hmm. cult teachings. Jesus Christ, man. Holy shit. I couldn't believe it. let well, that's me climbing down off my high horse now. <laughs> uh but yeah that'll i think we've run out of time for this episode holy shit yeah awful i if you're interested in it then go ahead and watch it yeah sure but wow you might be better off just reading about it maybe i don't know it's eye-opening it's yeah Um, it's it's something that probably people should know about more people should know about 100 percent. it's just You brace yourself (laughs) because it's, it's, it's a challenge to get through. Uh, yeah. Um, Especially politically. Oh yeah. Uh, that does wrap things up for this episode. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because you guys keep the show going when we have time to record. And I appreciate it very much. That would be. Just anti-pro-fascist. Corvo's temporary food servant. Ed Harris. Kevin Scheel. Crucify the like button, leave a review on iTunes, and rate the show five times a day towards Celia Gray. Steve Kuno. Sinead Duffy. Tiffany Hudson. John
1: McCullough. Ollie Olson. Vanessa. Two skeptical chaps. Steven Andrews. Savita Cuna, Corey Ebert. Martina Fern. Not Franz Kafka. Oh, glad I didn't get that one. Jonathan. Error 404, God Not Found. Up oh, Doug Willoughby.
2: Marbin Dracon. Drake. Oh fuck. I fucked
1: it up. <laughs> Dracon like bacon.
0: I took off the I took off the rhymes with bacon thing and it totally threw me off. Sorry. Uh,
2: I, I, re- I still remember it.
1: <laughs> it's all shits and giggles until someone giggles and shits. Avocado's stinky sandcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a Richard. McKenzie Peterson. All hail, peanut
2: Buttra. Jeremy Goodson. Utah Outcasts. That guy. Wesley Aaron. Hercinian, Amber Krellen. Sarah Segovia.
1: Theodore Sellin. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. James.
0: And Tim Jacobson, who recently edited his pledge to the show. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate oh. it very much. Hope you're doing well. I actually have a couple things for you, Tim, that I keep fucking forgetting about that I got <sighs> that I got. that I grabbed <laughs> or got at the American Atheists Convention. Uh, that I need to get to you. Uh, I will try to remember. If I don't remember, and then you hear this episode, reach out to me and let me know that, <laughs> that I have some stuff that I need to give to you, because that would be cool. Okay. <laughs> it's from the Freedom Riders. You're, you're going to love it. It'll be great. Uh, but thank you all very much for tuning in. We appreciate you very, very much. Thank you, Ryan, for preparing the middle segment for the show yeah. this evening. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nice to chat with you guys after a bit. We'll have to do this more often. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Time time allowing, yes, for sure. Uh well, thank yeah. you all very much. I'm gonna go and see the grandbaby before she has to get Ooh. before she
1: has to leave.
2: Um I might do some more drawings of plans to make things do things that they shouldn't be doing.
1: I am going to go hopefully be the middle spoon between a cat and a girlfriend. So. Yay.
0: <laughs> I like being that the little food. spoon. That's the best spoon. That's that's a pretty good spoon. <laughs>
2: And I see this Heidi partner right here with this fucking scarf covering up his fucking beard.
0: That's bandana, my friend.
2: Bandana. Uh,
0: that's, we, Wee- we, we use that for a variety of things, including keeping the sweat off our head and uh, robbing banks and shit.
2: Oh, I thought it was your, your jerking off rag.
0: Well, that too, but, you know, that makes it smell not so great sometimes.
2: <laughs> Every event and place we went to for the wedding had an open bar. Ah. Nice. nice.
0: That's the best kind of bar.
2: Yeah. And and quite often I would grab two drinks because I'd be like, we ain't in Utah now, bitches. I can fucking (laughs) double fist. Nice. Wait, that's a thing?
1: Oh double fisting? Oh yeah Uh, (laughs)